Day number 111. All right, day number 111, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Joe abandoning our Americans, turning the page. Unbelievable. Um, Listen, on this Friday, a lot of news happening today, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Biden is now carefully trying to modify his promise, which he made all throughout the 2020 presidential campaign. We already have now more dead Americans from COVID-19 than we had in 2020. We played you the quote of him, oh, 220,000 dead, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty unbelievable. Anyway, uh, but he said he would shut down the virus. Now he's walking it back again and again and again after now the discovery of this Omicron variant. The big news, if you're in New York, is now there's five identified Omicron variant cases. Uh, We know from South African medical officials that Their early read on it, their read, not mine, is that it's more contagious. However, it is the condition or the symptoms are more mild. That's what they're saying. But there's not there doesn't seem to be a lot of cases that we can look at yet. So, you know, keep your fingers crossed that this doesn't get worse. This doesn't become the next Delta variant. Anyway. Asked if he intended to shut down the virus earlier today. Biden said we're going to beat. Beat it back before we shut it down. That's not what he was saying during the campaign in his basement bunker. This is going to take time worldwide. In order to beat COVID, we need to shut it down worldwide. Okay, the phrase beat it back has been used by the Biden administration more frequently in recent weeks. And that now has become the new talking point. It's now more common that we're going to shut it down because they're not shutting it down. They have failed spectacularly. And with all his criticism all throughout the campaign, he inherited three vaccines that he mentions every second, every minute, every hour of every day. And on top of that, you know, the term beat it back now is, uh, you know, a lot different than shutting it down. Now, we have experts out there that are saying COVID-19 cases will continue to rise in the weeks ahead and this, of this winter, and we'll see more Omicron cases in the U.S. in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Biden writes uh, a Thursday evening USA Today op-ed, I know that Americans are exhausted from COVID. Well, we know you're exhausted. I'll talk to you in the break. I know you're exhausted, Joe, from everything. Anyway, I know and want to know when it will end. The new variant is adding to the unease. We'll beat it back with science and speed, not chaos and confusion. You stop with the bumper sticker slogan BS because you didn't do your job. It looks like a critical swing voter uh, in the U.S. Senate. That would be Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Now, remember, we had these two studies that we told you about yesterday. And that is very clear that the one point seven trillion is really when you take out the factored in accounting gimmicks that these are that these these are only temporary programs. They're not the sunset provision. And you add the real cost. It's four point eight trillion. That's what the real number is, not the fake number that they're giving you. You know, it's just this is what politicians do. They promise, oh, we're going to secure the border. But first you get the amnesty and you never get the secure border. We're going to cut spending. You get the tax increase. They never cut the spending. It's the same thing. It's only $1.7 trillion, but you're only paying for one year, and you know it's in perpetuity. That's what Democrats do. It's their way of using accounting tricks to lie to you. 
That's what they do. That's who they are. Anyway, Manchin now, um, they need him to pass this Build Back Better New Green Deal Socialism. Now the Lindsey Graham, Graham the, the ranking member on the Finance Committee in the Senate, has now got the CBO committed. He can't leave. Committed to using real numbers like Penn Wharton and not using these ridiculous sunset provisions. Anyway, Manchin announced last Thursday that his decision saying that he would support Republicans in their effort to strike down the private sector mandate. And he said last night in a statement, I've had uh, both vaccine doses and a booster shot. And I continue to urge every West Virginian to get vaccinated themselves. Still, the senator emphasized his opposition to any effort to impose vaccinations on private sector employees or employers. Let me be clear. I do not support any government vaccine mandate on private businesses. He says that's why I have co-sponsored and will strongly support a bill to overturn the federal government vaccine mandate for private businesses. Good for Joe Manchin. At least somebody's getting it. I'll tell you, the, the economy is a mess right now. And, you know, this Gallup poll comes out, 45% of American households now reporting recent price increases are causing their family some degree of financial hardship. What have I been saying? Who's, who is disproportionately negatively impacted by Joe's horrific economic policies, his 31-year high with inflation, his disastrous energy policies, abandoning energy independence, you know, 20, 25, 30 bucks more to fill up your tank, then heat your home, it's going to be 500,000 bucks more this winter. Everything you buy at every store you go to. I talk about it every day. Why? Because it's hurting the middle class and poor Americans. Every single day they're getting clobbered. Lower income households are most likely to have experienced financial hardship because of these price increases. 71% of those living in households that make less than 40 grand a year say that the recent price hikes have caused their family financial hardship. That compares with 47% of those in middle-income households and 29% in upper-income households. Now, I'm going to be frank. I can afford it. I'm not where I was in my, in my 20s where I was struggling to pay my rent. I'm not at that point in my life anymore, but I remember it. It's like etched into my head. And, I, you know, and anybody that knows me knows that I still think that way. Now, not when, when it comes to being generous with other people. I just feel that that's the Christian way to live your life. And, you know, I'm a Christian trying to be a good Christian, not one that is a good Christian. I'm just being clear on that. Um, I want to be better. I need, I'm the one that needs the salvation kind of, uh, but we all do. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short, right? Sweet baby James, even you, I don't know what you did, but you must've done something. Uh, anyway, 28% of lower income Americans describing the hardship as severe, affecting their ability to maintain their current standard of living. That's how bad it is. Then we get today's job numbers. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, 210,000 jobs for November. That is an unmitigated disaster. That's less than half of what was projected by the so-called experts. They were expecting massive job increases. It's not happening. Biden noted that the Bureau of Labor Statistics went back and recalibrated the September and October reports 
Oh, and they found 82,000 other jobs. Oh, okay. And then Biden's, as his, you know, growth collapses, let's look to our neighbors to the north, Canada. Joe Biden now is in a virtual collapse in large part because of his idiotic New Green Deal fanaticism, his climate change fanaticism, his adherence to the, the radical progressive caucus, the New Green Deal, you know, Marxism and redistributionism that he supports. But as as job growth collapses here, Canada is announcing stellar job growth. How's that possible? It's in the Wall Street Journal. Canada delivers stellar November job gain. So we're suffering. And meanwhile, in Canada, you've got Socialist Prime Minister Justin Trudeau knows better than to declare war on domestic energy production. Remember, he was the one that was pretty damn pissed off when it came to the Keystone XL pipeline. That impacts his country. You know, even though and, and Trudeau is a radical leftist, but the new Green Deal extremists hate him. Because he knows that energy is the lifeblood of the world's economy. Now, a recent headline, UK Guardian put it, Justin Trudeau loves fossil fuel. Good, he's smart. We had energy independence. You know, I got, I got fact, PolitiFact checked me in, on a statement I made the other night. Now, I made the statement right like a thousand times. And the people that I work with at Fox sent them a thousand times when I stated it correctly. And sometimes you're in the middle of like doing 500 things while you're on the air, which gets distracting. And anyway, I brought up the fact uh, and I said pre-COVID levels, he wasn't Trump wasn't importing oil from Saudi Arabia. OK, I'd said it a thousand times the other way when he left office, which is the more accurate term. And they even recognized, yeah, well, they provided statements when he did say it right. But, you know, and they like act like I did it on purpose. I did. You know, I try to be accurate on this program. When are they going to hold accountable all the media mob for being wrong on the on the Russia Trump collusion lie and the steel uh, steel dossier lie and the FISA application lies? Oh, they missed those. Well, that's OK. I, I don't expect fair treatment by any of these idiots. Canada now stellar growth job creation in November, another blowout performance, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal, including a sharp drop in the unemployment rate to near pre-pandemic levels. Nearly all the job gains were in the private sector. Average hourly wages rose more than 5% over a two-year period. And Statistics Canada reported Friday that Canada's economy added 153,000 jobs Uh, Following a gain of 31,000 from the previous month, Canada's economy reached a milestone after employment data for September indicated the country recovered all the roughly 3 million jobs lost in the initial stages during the pandemic. They fully recovered, fully recovered with now Canada's level of unemployment is now 1% higher than before the pandemic. Good for good for them. You know what? Their, their socialist prime minister has more brains than Joe Biden. You know, he, and he probably knows the day of the week on top of it. Labor Department issues another disastrous report. This is a disaster. There are 3.9 million fewer jobs than there were last February before the pandemic began. 210,000 jobs is an unmitigated failure. This report is beyond disappointing. You know, the only month we had a decent month was October. 
September, we were, we were short another 300,000 jobs that they had expected. Inflation now at a 31-year high, causing hardship, hardship for 45% of American households. And then the DCCC, they actually sent out a tweet praising Joe Biden for lowering gas prices two cents. That's, uh, uh, excuse me, after a buck fifty a gallon more, the two cent drop in a week is hardly significant. And every Washington Post even is slamming them. The worst, this might be the worst offense of the Biden administration yet. You're not helping, article written by Philip Bump says. Thanks at Joe Biden, Sean Davis at the Federalist said. What happens? You know, I mean, it's a disaster. So they get hammered for that. The Washington Post mocks them for their stupidity. But you all know this already. You know how you know it? Because you know it when you fill up your gas tank. You know it when you get your heating and cooling bill. And you know it when you go shopping. That's how come you know it. I have 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. Miranda Devine will check in uh, coming up a little later in the program. I love this. You know, you want to talk about lying and Pinocchio. Stacey Abrams actually said to tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist herself, Rachel Maddow. I wonder if those reports are true, that Rachel Maddow is getting $30 million for one hour show and like other projects. Other projects usually mean nothing. I'll, I'll spend a year on another project. Work an hour a day. I want that gig. Anyway, 10,000. She says to Maddow, Stacey Abrams does, that she didn't challenge the outcome of the election. Uh, yes, she did. And you didn't stop doing it. This is not a speech of concession. Oh. Because concession means to acknowledge an action is right, true, or proper. As a woman of conscience and faith, I cannot concede that. But will I say that this election was not tainted, was not a disinvestment and a disenfranchisement of thousands of voters? I will not say that. Do you think the vote was stolen from you? The election was stolen from you? I think the election was stolen from the people of Georgia. We had this little election back in 2018. And despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. Oh, last night, in fact, when uh, she said that uh, she did acknowledge that Kemp won, she didn't challenge the outcome, unlike some recent folks. That is what you call a massive lie. Um, it's pretty unbelievable. You can't even make this up. Um, anyway, the House passes this continuing resolution funding the government through mid-February, uh, I'm sure the Senate will give the Democrats as much time as they want, which is just absolutely atrocious to me. And you can't even believe it. Um, by the way, Hunter Biden in this book, I got to remember to ask um, Miranda Devine. Apparently, there's a passage where he's joking with his, I guess, Keith Alblow. We, I know Keith. He used to work at Fox. A nice guy. I guess he was being a counselor to him and, you know, talked about his dad's dementia. Oof. He said, that's mean, but funny. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got the latest Alec Baldwin, Justice Smollett case, and much more news and information that you won't get from the media mob ever. Straight ahead. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We actually got this on Hannity last night. Um, at 8 o'clock Eastern, an hour before my TV show, uh, Georgie Stephanopoulos 
And they're getting hammered, ABC, because of all the dramatic music that they were playing behind this. And a very emotional Alec Baldwin in an interview where he where he breaks down, um, you know, repeatedly throughout the interview. Here's part of it. She was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. Um, this was interesting because then immediately thereafter we had on Leo 2.0 Terrell's a lawyer. I didn't know Clay Travis was a lawyer. I had no idea. He sells Let's Go Brandon t-shirts. I'm like, you know, you're, what's the name of that, that outkick or something? I forget. He sent me, finally sent me a t-shirt. Leo is yet to send me a Leo 2.0 Terrell hat. Can you believe that? Anyway, so he, Alec Baldwin breaks down. And then the first thing Leo says is, I guarantee you every word he said in this interview was rehearsed and gone over with his lawyers and memorized. And I thought about it right then, and I said, he's right. There's no way he's not lawyered up. There's no way that, that this story now is going to change one iota from what he told Georgie Stephanopoulos. Then I asked the question, because, you know, you look at somebody cry, and you don't think on the surface that they're going to fake tears. I mean... You don't think that, but the guy is an actor. Now, when I did Let There Be Light with Kevin and Sam Sorbo, which I was very proud of my little part, I played myself, there was a scene that we had to do a number of takes on, which is, they do that, that's a frequent practice. And my part was easy, but Sam Sorbo each time had to cry. And she did it successfully Every single time I'm like, how do you do that? I actually thought I marveled at it. And she described her process of being able to do that, you know, by by literally emotionally, you go to this whatever would make you most sad kind of like in your life. And I'm like, wow. And and then we do another take and, and she'd cry. Um, now, if he really was lawyered up, and I don't know that he's that he is, but it made sense to me that he probably is. I don't know if if that was if I was representing as an attorney, Alec Baldwin, I would not let him do an interview unless he prepared for what he was going to say, because there are legal implications here. We do have somebody dead on the set, and anyway, then he breaks down and. At one point, he described the moment. He said he, he he never pulled the trigger. He cocked the hammer of the gun. Now, by the way, if you do it and it, the hammer doesn't lock in, and immediately you will fire the weapon. You don't need to pull the trigger. But that means it was pointed at somebody. The problem is he says he didn't point it at anybody and never would point, a, point it at anybody. And anyway, here's what he said. So you have this Colt 45. You just pulled the hammer as far back as I could without cocking the actual. And you're holding on to the hammer. I'm holding that. I'm just showing. I go, how about that? Does that work? Do you see that? Do you see that? He said, she goes, yeah, that's good. I let go of the hammer. Bang, the gun goes. Well, everyone is horrified. They're shocked. 
Uh, it's loud. They don't have their earplugs in. No one was, the gun was supposed to be empty. I was told I was handed an empty gun. If there were cosmetic rounds, nothing with a charge at all, or a flash round, nothing. She goes down. I thought to myself, did she faint? The notion that there was a live round in that gun did not dawn on me till probably 45 minutes to an hour later. Now, I, I, first of all, now that I think about because I didn't see it because I have to do my own show at 9 o'clock, so I don't have time to watch TV at 8 o'clock. I just don't. I'm busy. And, you know, I'm doing last-minute revisions to my, you know, to my monologue and the show, and I, I prep like a maniac. I can't help myself. I'm just very disciplined. Anyway, um, he said, Hannah, now this is the person who was killed here would hand me the gun 99% of the time, but when we would say cut, if Hannah was away from the set, I would hand Hal's the gun. Stephanopoulos asked if it was possible that Reed was being overworked. It was, it was a low-budget film. Baldwin said no. I assume everyone that is shooting a low-budget film is stretched, but I didn't get any complaints from her or the prop department. I assume that because she was there and she was hired that she was up to the job. You know, he said he'd never heard of any safety issues before on the moments leading up to the uh, shooting. You know, then then he let go of the hammer and the and the, if the hammer doesn't click in, this is the problem with this. If it doesn't click in, then you've got a problem because if you release it, it's going to go off. And, you know, that that's firearm safety 101. And one of the people that called him out on a lot of this was actually George Clooney, who said he always checks it out himself. You know, he was asked if he felt guilt. He said, no, someone's responsible for what happened, but I know it's not me. If I thought I was responsible, I probably would have killed myself. That, that, I don't think that's good enough. That's a good enough answer, as much as he probably rehearsed that line. Look, do I think that Alec Baldwin set out to, to kill this woman. I, I can't stand the guy, but I'm hard pressed to believe he set out to do that. Um, but it's, you know, there, there is something known as reckless homicide or reckless endangerment. Those are real charges that now Clooney said you have protocols. You check the gun every time. That's what Clooney said. And well, that didn't help the situation. Anyway, um, I don't know why he says it's highly unlikely I'd be charged with anything criminally. People are going to be, somebody's going to be charged here. Remember, the initial sheriff's report was clear that, the, that this gun was fired. Now, he might not have pulled the trigger. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I wasn't there. And you know something? I'm going to be consistent. I believe in due process. I believe in the presumption of innocence. I, you know, let the evidence figure out what happened here. I just found this interview with the music and, and likely that he was, it, it, it's almost theatrical because I didn't have a chance to look at it until after. And then all these people are writing me, Hannity, what's the music? What are they doing here? A woman is dead. And by all accounts, a lovely person. And I want to be very clear, you know, to the family of this woman that was so sorry that this happened. But we also do have to get 
answers to questions like, why was there a, a real bullet in that gun? Why, who's responsible for this? Somebody needs to be held accountable for this. Anyway, then Baldwin says, I don't know who's responsible, but it's not me. He did say that. Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock. You felt anger. You felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? No, no. I feel that there is, I, I feel that, 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 uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. I mean, I, I, honest to God, if I felt that I was responsible, I might have killed myself if I thought I was responsible. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. Now, we do have an instance in which he says that he can't imagine doing another movie with a gun. He says he has a movie in January and asked that they, they still wanted to do it. He said, yes, he's not sure he wants to continue doing this. I can't sleep. I'm physically struggling, says that, you know, he's not one that has nightmares usually, but he has them every night uh, of the gun, the shooting, since the gun, the shooting in the aftermath, says his career could be over and all all he has is his family and he couldn't give an Adam Schiff about his career. Um, But again, we got to get to the bottom of it. You know, on the moments leading up, he's, he told her that he was going to cock it meaning the gun and pull back the trigger. He said that um, and asked if she wanted that in the shot. He says she said yes. He let go of the hammer. He let go of the, if it's not locked in, and that's another gun safety, by the way, 101. You know, if you, if again, if you're not intending to shoot it, if it's not on film, if you haven't double-checked the chamber, you know, you would never point it. You would you would point it in a safe direction on the ground, you know, nearby where it's not going to ricochet and hit somebody. It's amazing how, you know, little people know. Um, So I don't know where that one's going. I just don't. But I'm not so sure that Alec Baldwin is home free in this. There's a New York uh, Post article about it by Maureen Callahan today. Just when you think Alan Baldwin can't get any lower, he blames uh, Miss Hutchins, the woman that shot to death. Everything is in her direction, he said to George Stephanopoulos. I'm holding the gun where she told me to hold it, which ended up right below her armpit, which is what I was told. I don't know. So much that Baldwin claimed not to know. As she goes on, Stephanopoulos, his longtime friend from the Hamptons, not the average viewer would know that, was only too eager to pitch softball after softball. Yes, one of ABC's leading journalists. He's not a journalist. He's a Clinton hack. Um, you know, literally hardly challenged Baldwin when he claimed repeatedly he never pulled the trigger. It is possible if you pull the hammer back and you don't, and it doesn't lock in, it can fire if you let go of it. That is possible. The bullet striking and killing the, that woman came out of the barrel of the gun. How did it get there? Somebody loaded that gun. Why doesn't he feel guilty? I think I would, you know, he played a role in it. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN is a number. You know what's sad? I have statistics. This is what defund, dismantle, no bail laws have gotten us. 
This year already has seen the highest number of law enforcement officers shot and killed ever. There's still a month to go. Ask yourself, the Fraternal Order of Police revealed that 58 police have been gunned down. 314 officers have been shot. Ambushes are up 126%. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the name of one officer that was shot and killed this year? I'll scroll the names tonight. I bet most people don't. Why didn't we go back to the other? Where's Liz Cheney leading the committee looking into the 350 riots where thousands of cops were pelted with bricks, rocks, bottles, and Molotov cocktails? They only care about the January 6th riot. What about the other riots? Dozens of Americans dead. Thousands of cops injured. Billions in property damage, arson, and looting. By the way, the White House is blaming the pandemic and guns for the increase in crime. Can't believe it. New York Post editorial board, Team Biden, you can't blame looting gangs on COVID and Trump. Look in the mirror. California's zero bail policy now sets free 14 smash and grab robbery suspects, LAPD chief says. This is insanity. It's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. You know, it's um, Jen Psaki blaming COVID for the surge and smash and grab rates. How do you blame COVID for that? Pandemic is the root cause of lawlessness. And Biden's plans will get more cops on the beat. Excuse me. It's Democrats that want to defund, dismantle and no bail. And Joe Biden wants no bail. What the hell is she talking about? Pandemic is not the root cause of this madness. You know, these these crimes where they just go in big numbers, you know, smash and grab whatever they want. Another case at a San Jose jewelry store. 14 smash and grab robbery suspects set free with no bail in California in Los Angeles. Bank of America execs warn junior staffers to dress down as crime is surging in New York. String of violent crimes committed by career Offenders leaves communities nationwide outrage. How do you not get outraged? You know, after the this Christmas parade attack, a thousand dollars bail with a rap sheet a mile long, and you got the Jussie Smollett case. Oh, this is great! You know, pull your punches, don't hurt me. Yell MAGA, MAGA, and then he goes the day before on a on a trial run before he actually, you know, commits this fraud on the American people. What did Kamala Harris say? Kamala Harris was out there calling it, you know, hate crime, racism, whatever. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. 